This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, a goal! post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Gets to Mitchell! It's goal! Incredible! Hobble! Hello, Steve. Hi, Rich. <laughs> well, i got to say, Steve, you're a man of your words, um, so much so that even I'd forgotten that you, you made a promise to myself way, way, way back that you were checking at the start of the season, halfway through and at the end. And I was going about my, about my business merrily and I got a message from Steve and it said, when do you need me? And here you are. So thank you very much for this bonus episode. No problem at all. He said we'd do it and we're doing it. So. Yeah, without Jonah, he's gone all big time, hasn't he? <laughs> I don't know about that. I think he's just busy. <laughs> I'm sure he's doing Simon Ferry's uh, podcast or, or something like that. He's probably doing a signing in Chippenham or something. <laughs> <laughs> or on BBC Wiltshire. Or... Could be on BBC Wiltshire. You know, where were you in the charity game yesterday? I saw Jonah, didn't I? Oh, is it? So I played in the sponsors game on Friday and got a hefty whack on the ankle and was out of action. And to be honest, I kind of wanted a weekend away from it. <laughs> I don't blame you because, well, what a season it's been. Um, a very busy season for yourself and for the club. And it must be quite hard, really, because I think in my mind, and regardless of who we played and the manner of how it went down, but I kind of... I kind of thought it was going to be Wembley minimum. I, I had it in my head. I was convinced before the first leg against Port Vale. I was not cocky, arrogant, but I just it just felt like it was going to go our way. And then to have it not happen, it, it felt like, well, I need another game. I, I need to get it out of my system. And then that's it now. How, how did it feel for you? Um, yeah, I mean, we were confident. I, I was confident. I thought the boys were going to, going to pull it off and even against everything we were against we still got to the shootout and we still did you know have we been able to hold out maybe the goals offside maybe it's not 
Um, you know, have we been able to hold out through those first 20 minutes? We'd probably go on and win the tie, I feel. But yeah, I mean, it, it was more the shock of anything, really. Like, you know, you're so confident. And even in the shootout, you're thinking, we've got this, you know, and then for it not to happen, yeah, not what we wanted. But, you know, it's still an unbelievable season. And it's still a feeling of like pride of what the lads have have done and what the backroom staff have done and everything else, you know, at the end. So you can't be too down about it because obviously, you know, everything at the start of the season was stay up, don't get relegated. So to be in the position we were in is almost a minor miracle under under the embargo, especially as the other two teams under embargo ended up getting relegated. So yeah. Yeah. Yes. It it was in our hands that so many in so many moments in that game. And speaking of hands, I'm not too bothered about whether it was offside or not, because I think it probably was onside if we use the technology. I need to see the lines better, but it's sure and hell, it was handball. (laughs) For sure it's a handball. (laughs) But, uh, you know, again, these things go against you. And I think having VAR in the final, but not in the semis is is a bit much. I mean, obviously, if we have VAR in that game, probably get a penalty and... You know, who knows with the lines, what they say about their goal. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, I think a lot of the greatness of the season, you know, when you when you spend as much time on social media, kind of gets sullied by the fact that Port Vale fans want to focus on sort of uh, the Harry McCurdy and attendance arguments. But we just want to sort of move on and just reflect on a great season. But you can at the moment because... Well, they're everywhere and they don't understand that. No one's really bothered about the fact that we lost. Nobody nobody is like going, it's the outrage of, of the of the season or the century. It's purely what happened afterwards. What what was that like being on the ground um when oh. when that happened? Oh not gonna lie. I after obviously the last penalty, I've kind of dropped to my knees and I'm looking at the floor and I looked up and there was just people everywhere. I was like, oh my God, I need to get out of the way. <laughs> so we've got up and moved and then, you know, there's all sorts of stuff going on, but can't really talk too much about it mm. while, you know, things are going on. But yeah, it, it was crazy. Scenes I've never seen before. And, you know, well, here's an example. We've been in uh, Friday. We were in for a bit. We've been in today. We opened the blood bag, which is where we keep shirts and shorts and socks if there's a player that bleeding on the pitch and they need to change quick. I've opened the bag, there's nothing in it. So they've literally looted everything. Wow. They've taken all the shirts, all the shorts, all the socks, the um, like cooler box that was full of drinks and stuff, that was completely empty. Just looted everything from the dugout, which is mad. <laughs> <laughs> mad. I don't know, why, why, why would a Port Vale fan want a Swindon shirt? I don't understand. Well, because they, they well, it's because they know it was bespoke, and we ran out in October or whatever, <laughs> and they know they can get a pretty penny on eBay. <laughs> oh, more than likely. <laughs> oh man, that's insane. Yeah, that that's just an example of of part of what was going on, but it was, yeah, it was all a bit mad. I think invade the pitch, fine, just go and celebrate. Do you know what I mean? Like if if like, as a fan before working there, if, if we've ever gone on the pitch, we've been there to celebrate. We've not we've not been there to go uh, the other players or the other staff or any of that. It's just there to celebrate with your players, isn't it? Yeah. And with your fans, I don't really, I don't really understand what's been going on recently. 
Yeah, the, the two classic examples in Swindon history that I can think of is, of course, in 1993, when, when we qualified, well, we got to the final at Prenton Park and fans were exchanging scarves and wishing each other well, even though the narrative now is that we turned the floodlights off. But at the time, people were, you know, Tramier fans were, were very gracious in, in defeat on aggregate. And the other one being... In, in my time supporting Swindon 2007 when Walsall scored that yeah. late, late goal and both fans were on the pitch celebrating and... We were, was... we were out to the Merlin that day and we were all having a beer with them, swapping Ex- shirts and stuff. Exactly. So even in modern, more modern times, you know, um, you can do such things and, you know, wish people well. And now I think it's just been a crazy couple of weeks where as we've discussed on this podcast and has been discussed elsewhere. I think it's a copycat thing going on where they see the amount of publicity and well, they're frankly idiots because they don't realize that publicity results in possible charges being pressed, you know, <laughs> press charges and stuff like that. So it, it, it's, it's just not the brightest sparks in the world. And then, and the idea, the suggestion that, you know, <laughs> belongings have been taken from the dugout, that mentality of I'm on the pitch, I must take something. Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I had someone do a knee slide in front of me with their middle fingers up at me. I'm thinking, I literally, I'm stood there looking at them going, what are you doing? <laughs> what, what are you doing? And then a mate from the away end was texting me going, oh, I could just see you with this person knee sliding in front of you and I could read your mind. He was going, I could see what you were thinking. You were just thinking, what on earth are you doing? <laughs> Go away. <laughs> it, I, I guess, you know, it's 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 a, a, the week before Swindon won. Harry McCurdy said what he said. He's had the season where he every club thinks that they're after, he's after them, but he's just a wind-up merchant. And then, of course, there's previous with, with Vale because he's a former player for them. But I think that all heightens up. And then the, just the sheer drama of the penalty shootout, being behind in the shootout as well. And it just, people can't cope with it. So they do stupid things great yeah oh well. Well, well we'll we'll move on from that that day but what i'll be interested to know is what it was it like maybe not in the changing room because i appreciate you know things are still quite raw at that stage and there would have been a lot of upset you could hear in garner's voice um how angry and upset he was but what about the days that followed? Is it one of these situations where they're all off to marbella now on their holidays and so forth or you know what happens in the 24 hours after that so we got home about 4 a.m because we didn't get out of the ground until one or half 12 and then we had to load the van we got back to spending about three i got home about four um and then the next day we were like right let's go in a bit later and just sort everything out because we didn't do anything when we got back like we normally would um yeah and we've gone in and i don't know it's just it felt a bit numb that day to be honest I didn't really, I don't know, it didn't really hit me until sort of Saturday. And then I'm thinking, oh, God, we're in League Two again. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the travelling we've got to do. And like, you know, and then you're looking through the teams and you're thinking, oh, no. Steve, the places you have to go. (laughs) Oh, no. The the, the League One looked much nicer in terms of travel, didn't it? Yeah, but so. Yeah, there was a bit of that. And then I think some of the lads, I mean, they've worked so hard this year. It's been like the schedule's been tough for them. Obviously, we didn't have 
and a long pre-season like so it needed to be that way to keep them going and keep them you know fit and ready and prepared for the next game and you know and we like we've had ups and downs and we've been right up there obviously we beat Forest Green early doors and then we dropped away a little bit and then you add the last four or five games where we had to win and we managed to do it and the effort and everything that the lads put in like once that ends on Thursday night they just need a release they need some time to just you know do what they do and deal with things in the way they deal with things you know um, so I think a few of them got together and just spent some time together which was nice for them because they need that they've you know they've come through a lot together you know and like in terms of staff a few have been together um, obviously me and Jonah were in so you know we were together Mildy turned up on Friday because he didn't want to be at home just sat on his own so he came in and was just sat in the kit room on on the sofa just chatting away but you know that is, it was a bit of a weird something I've not experienced before it was different to being relegated the relegation thing you kind of knew it was coming yeah um, this was a bit more of a shock just purely because you're ahead in the tie you have full confidence in the lads and you know and in the preparation and everything and you know it it was just a completely different feeling to the to the relegation. So it's been an odd one, but, you know, we've been back in today, sorting the last few bits, and then we'll have a few weeks off now and relax. Um, Well-earned rest because you know, Ben Garner's work ethic is is not notorious, but it's certainly well-known within the industry, and obviously <laughs> that includes you guys, doesn't it? So it certainly does. <laughs> so, I mean... You've, you've been doing this racket for a good few seasons now. Where, where does this squad compare compared? Because you've had you've had like the, the relegation season where it wasn't as it wasn't as memorable, obviously, as a squad and as a feeling as it was the year before, which was amazing. And you've worked before that, where there were those sort of more sort of purgatory seasons where it was good on the pitch, but not quite good enough. Where where does this where does this side compare compared to the others that you've worked with? I think in terms of a group and the togetherness and the togetherness of staff and, you know, just like the vibe around the place, the year we got promoted and this year, very, very similar. Yeah. Very similar. Um, similar kind of characters, even though a bit younger, um, you then, like, within that, you've got your more experienced guys like Frenchie, who's been absolutely phenomenal. You've got you know, Ben Gladwin in there helping the young lads. Um, so you've got, you know, some some experienced players, even someone like Jack Payne, m- massively experienced and brilliant for the young lads. You know, so it's been, it's been a really tight-knit group that have worked hard together. And yeah, it's right up there with that, with that Richie Wellens championship winning, winning team for me in terms of a group. And, and on a negative sort of slant, and I say negative in the fact that this happens for a League One, League Two side, for a staff. This happens every year. And that's the inevitable breaking up of the band. And that's going to happen because we've got, you know, five loanies going home. And there are players that obviously aren't going to stick around. We're not going to speculate on that. We're going to find that out in the next 
28 28 24 20 uh, 48 hours so you know i'm not going to press you on that that's not your business but what is that feeling like when when it is coming to an end because we didn't get that wembley final we had that two we extension of the season or week and a half uh what what is it like when the end is nigh is, is it is it a weird feeling or is it like kind of so abrupt you don't really have time to process it it's very strange it's very abrupt. You know, they're in one day, they're gone the next. They come to you and go, I need my stuff. You pack it all up in a black bag and off they go. Um, yeah, it's a crazy part of football, but it's a part of football. And the more you do it, the more you just kind of know, well, okay, they're at the end of a phone. It's not like they're, you know, gone and you're never going to hear from them again. A lot of them will end up, you know, either at League Two clubs or League One clubs. And you'll end up seeing them on your travels anyway. Um, so, yeah, like, it is strange. It is like people that you've seen every day for a year, two years, whatever, you know, leaving, you're not going to see them every day and they're not going to be around the place. Mm. Is, yeah, it is a bit strange. Obviously, once we get back in for next season, there'll be new faces in the building. So you'll just go again. you just start again. You know, you make those those relationships again and you, you go again. And you keep in touch with the ones that have been here. Of course you do. And especially the ones that, you know, you get on with and you've experienced a lot with. But, yeah, there'll be new people in the building and we'll crack on and it will seem as though nothing had happened and we were right back on it again. So, yeah, it's abrupt. It's quick. It's difficult. It's strange. Um, but it's a part of football, isn't it? So, yeah. What, what on earth are you going to do in your three weeks off? Uh, I'm going away for a week. Nice. So that'd be nice. Um, and not much else, really. I'm going to sit in the garden a bit. Well, quite a bit to do in the garden because I've been busy. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to get out there. Um, but yeah, just relax. Just chill out. Just go for some walks. Maybe go cycling. You know, yeah. the usual. Yeah, the usual. And just and, chill out. And get ready for those new kits. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. As soon as I've got a date. <laughs> as soon as I've got a date for when they're coming in, I'll know when I'm going back. <laughs> I was thinking the other day, it's like, oh, they haven't unveiled it yet. And I think they selected it. One of the first things they did early in the season was pick the templates for, for this year, given what happened with, with this season's kit. So I'm looking forward to the unveil. Yeah, I'm sure people will be very happy. Oh, there we go. Okay, so... I'd like to think people will be very happy. Well, you said that last season to me, so... And I was was pretty happy with this season's effort, so I'm going to take your word for it and... um, and, and, and look and look forward to them. Okay, so for you this season, Steve, what, what were the big highlights on and off the pitch from, from your viewpoint? Um, let's see. Uh, obviously, scum fourth away on the first day because we didn't quite know what we had. And we've gone there, nice new golden green kit. I'm not going to say yellow. Um, <laughs> and we've gone there and we've put a really good show. And glad to come back and score on his return debut. And it was just a really positive day and it kind of set the tone for the rest of the season, I think. Where else was good? I see, I, I always think of away games because obviously we travel in this. 
you know, it's more of an experience than a home game, if you like. Um, I mean, home to Walsall was brilliant. The FA Cup run, threw away, Walsall away, Man City at home was was unbelievable. There's been so many this year and so many highs. Um, and Walsall on the last day as well was was exceptional. The atmosphere was incredible. You know, so many fans. And yeah, just like they're singing the songs in the warm-up and that. And, you know, to win the game how we did was was brilliant. Yeah, we overdid it in the warm-up, I think. I think we'd ran out of puff uh, in terms of singing by 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 half time. Uh, I think once the uh, the beer was uh, was uh, disappearing from people's bloodstreams, it was getting a bit quiet. I think it was because we were just so comfortably ahead too. But some yeah. of the noise before the game started and in and and in just as the game was playing out and we scored was some of the loudest I'd heard away from home ever I think you know I'm not yeah. going to proclaim my sort of back catalogue of away days is as exhaustive as others but it was very hurty ear loud which was great I enjoyed every second I think it. it's also a good ground isn't it for, for atmosphere because it's all enclosed yeah so it doesn't fly out the corners it doesn't fly out an open end it doesn't do you know what I mean it, it stays in and it bounces around and yeah and you're so close to the pitch at Walsall as well which is you know, another added thing for the atmosphere. So I think, <laughs> yeah. I think it all adds. Very close to the pitch, as, as many fans were able to do because they managed to cross stands by going across the pitch <laughs> <laughs> before the game started, you know. Um, all in a innocent fun, but also breaking the rules, so shame on them. Um, it's, oh, it's, it's such a weird feeling at the moment because I think I'm over the exit but at the same time i'm i'm just in this mind of well here we go and i'm not that snobby in regards to league two because we're a league two side but i do want to you know reclaim or swim to reclaim their place their rightful place in the third tier our historic home we got to do it next season it's going to be tougher you know those national league sides coming um in aren't going to be easy and a couple of the teams coming down from league one will certainly be up there but you know if, if Ben Chorley does what he did in very short space of time last summer then we've got lots of reasons to be optimistic haven't we I think we've got a real chance I mean obviously there's a lot of hard work to go you know before we start you know getting the recruitment right and all the rest of it which Chors is brilliant at, as we've seen even before you know with players like DJ coming in off the back of him doing his scouting work. And, you know, I, I feel like the people that are in place now, you know, can take us where we need to be. Um, yeah, I, th- I think you look at the league, we shouldn't be scared of anyone. We shouldn't worry about, you know, you know. But I think I think we can be right up there in the top two, three, if not, you know, right at the top, top of the tree, I think. Maybe Orient will be strong next year. Um, but I think, you know what I mean? I think based on what we've done this year, it's, there's a really good chance that we can do well next year. You'd like you'd like to think anyway. Yeah, and it's almost impossible to speculate. It's just, it's all about building. And those who do stick around will almost certainly want to, uh, you know, correct how this season ended. And I think it it should, it should 
go in our favor you know nobody likes that sort of conclusion and there's loads of examples in 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 football league history over the last 10 or 20 years where teams have fallen at the last hurdle the penultimate hurdle and they bounce back the next year um buoyed by what happened previously and that's all we can hope for yeah great great i think i think it all you know it will galvanize the club to say do you know what with very little prep time we've done exceptionally well let's have a proper pre-season have a proper go at it and you know you you can only see it going one way if you mm. like what can we expect from Stephen Jonah in terms of online content next season? <laughs> well, TikTok's taking a break for pre-season or for post-season, if you like, because <laughs> we'll have no content to do because <laughs> I'll be sat at home. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we'll keep doing our TikToks. People seem to like them and until people don't, then, you know, we'll just keep chucking them out there. I think, I think it's good, like, People always ask us, oh, what does your job entail and this, that and the other? Well, we'll just show them because it's easier than answering all the questions. So we just you know, do a bit of fun. It's nice to get the lads involved with it. The club are really supportive of it, which is good. Um, we've obviously got new media guy coming in. He's really keen on it, wants to try and work with us and, you know, improve that and try and, you know, kind of get it as a, as a combined thing between the club and, and us, which could be fun. Um, we could do a bit of, bit of work with that, which would be nice. Um, yeah, and, and we'll see where it goes. But again, well, it's only a bit of fun. We only mess around with it. So, Yeah, I don't, I don't watch them and think that you're going to quit your jobs for a world <laughs> in the TikTok influencer racket. <laughs> But I was I was absolutely ecstatic to see there's a, there's a kit staff podcast which you which you appeared on that was nice. Yeah, they contacted us through Twitter actually, um, and just asked if we could go on, and I went on and did did a bit with them, and then they wanted like to do like a feature like a confessions of a kit man thing, where we just chuck a story in each week onto their podcast. So we've done a bit of that. Um, again, like it just kind of spreads the word about what kit men do, you know, which sometimes gets overlooked. Sometimes, you know, you get the comment, oh, I just washed the pants. <laughs> well, let's show you that we don't just wash the pants. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a job that's changed a lot since the Eddie Buckley days, isn't it? It's, yeah. uh, it's a whole thing. I think the, the Man City documentary helped a lot with... Oh, I agree. ...with, yeah. like, showing people what you guys do, and that's at the, you know, the top scale of the industry but yeah and and it's just that that cog within the engine of of swindon town you know um it's a play you, it's that sofa isn't it you know mildy came in to sit on the sofa because it was a place to go and i know the players did that too don't they yeah yeah they're always in the kit room they're, you know because it's a, it's a nice safe place to go they can sit down they can watch the telly they can have a chat they know whatever's said in there ain't leaving there you know it's and that's, that's what we try to, you know, I, th- I think it helps the environment and, you know. What are they that's... watching? What are they watching? Oh, Sky Sports. Oh. Because the TV is connected to all the ones that are centralised at the club. Oh, so if you change the channels, the boardroom can see yeah. you're, you're watching like QVC. Exactly or that. Like... And if they're watching 
BT Sport upstairs and you want to watch Sky Sports downstairs, you can't. <laughs> you have to watch BT Sport. So when we want to watch the championship game on a Saturday and then they put on Burnley against Leeds yeah. and we're going, oh, come on, he's Sheffield United against Sheffield Wednesday on the other side. <laughs> and the people upstairs want to watch Burnley v Leeds. So that's what we end up watching. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. I haven't really got any reply to that. <laughs> it is what it is. Just the dilemma of a Saturday. Just like, oh, do you know what? I really fancy watching that championship game, but I've got to watch what's on <laughs> Leeds versus yeah. <laughs> Leeds versus Brentford. Yeah. Um, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Steve, it's it's always nice talking to you. I'm just wondering if there's anything to add. I mean. I can't wait for the railings to return. Hurry up and announce the pre-season schedule so I know where I've got to convince hey. my wife to take to take us places. I don't even know it yet. Oh my so, goodness! You know they they've. I assume it's all planned. I believe it's all planned. I'm sure we'll find out in due course, and then you know we'll go from there and we'll crack on again because um, that's the fun of it. I look forward to going to Melksham with a side this year. Um, yeah, I'm sure. And, I'm and, sure and a kit. And a kit, yes. <laughs> Hopefully a kit. Not a training shirt with numbers on the back. <laughs> what happened to those? Uh, there's a few of them in the cupboard. Because they had numbers on the back, yeah. we, couldn't, we couldn't use them for training. So they were just sat there most of the season. But what it meant was that we were short of training gear because we had used 20-odd shirts in the, in the pre-season game. So, And here's, here's a fun fact for you. The shirts that were worn at Weymouth... The yellow ones that didn't yeah. have a sponsor on, and they had white white numbers on the back yeah. instead of green ones. They're the same shirts that Ellis Iandolo, Dion Conroy, and Matthew Baldry wore at Port Vale. Wow! They just had a green number printed over the top. Something for the uh, something for the uh, sponsors who uh, are going to claim them shirts to uh, to hold dear. There you go. So they're the ones from that first game. Where it was player A, player B, player C, Matthew Baldry, Dion Conroy, player D. <laughs> e, yeah. e. Matthew will be looking for Weymouth away again this summer, probably, if he if he sticks around. Well, who knows? Right close to home, isn't it? Yeah, he is right close to home. <laughs> <laughs> and what a lovely way to end this uh, bonus episode. Steve, a pleasure as always. Until next time. Thank you. No problem. Cheers, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.